Let's go to our next guest, though, because he has been give it, good enough to give us his time throughout the most busy time of his job. He's the General Manager of Football Performance at North Melbourne. Brady Rawlings is his name. Brady, thank you so much for your time. G'day, Kane. How you going, mate? I'm good. You're up to your eyeballs in offers, Brady. So I'm I'm reading about all these offers, which I love, mind you. It gives us a lot of things to talk about. But can you take us through Adelaide's offer firstly for your pick one in the draft? And was it an easy decision to knock it back? Yeah, obviously when you got pick one uh, and um, the draft this year, obviously he's got a couple of guys up the top end that are uh, of extreme talent um club's going to come for them so um you know there's been a few offers for that pick um once you get to this point of the year you can sort of attribute the pick to a player now so it becomes even more valuable and we listen to every offer that comes our way Mm. um but yeah it's going to take a lot of currency to get this one so we've read just just from adelaide's side of things and and people have told me it doesn't it's not as good as as it sounds. So it's it's their pick four, and probably the reason for that is because that goes out to, to pick six. It's their future first-round pick next year, which you would think they finish bottom four, let's say, so it's another top five pick, and Melbourne's first-round draft pick, but they wanted something back. Was it too good to be true, and is it not as good as what it sounds when you actually break it down? Yeah, I probably won't go into the detail in terms of exactly what the deal was. Um, but, yeah, clearly there was things going back their way as well. Um, as I said, we listen to any offer that comes our way. That's our duty. Um, but when you when you strip it back and you compare it to the player that we, uh, we believe we're going to get in at that pick, um, yeah, it just fell a bit short. So, um, you know, it's still a couple of days to go. I'm sure there'll be more that, that come for the pick. Um, I'm just not too sure if anyone's going to have a currency to get it done. Well, and, and that's the case right up until draft night, isn't it? And even on draft night. So is it, are you putting a deadline on um, sort of receiving offers or is there the prospect that someone could get really desperate right up until draft night? Yeah, well, with the live trading, obviously you can trade, trade on the night. You can trade your picks all the way up and, until draft night as well. So... Um, the next two days is not the deadline for for um, receiving offers for a pick, but uh, it certainly is if there was a player involved. Um, mm. So there's there's two more days um, to Wednesday night until any player could be involved in any trade. But in terms of just pick swaps, it's probably going to be hard with a pick swap to um, to get something done for pick one. So I read over the weekend you met uh, on Zoom, I think, with with Jason Horn Francis, who we all believe you are we are going to pick. That's probably the worst kept secret. Um, can you tell us how that went? Yeah, the guys went through um, a standard interview like they they do with all the players. The last few weeks has been uh, been a lot of interviews done with our recruiting team. Um, clearly, with with players that are at school, we we use the school holiday period. Um, and obviously with players in finals, it's been been a pretty busy schedule for a fair few. And to try and marry up um, when the whole family can be involved and, and our recruiting team can be involved, it, it does take a bit of organisation. But, yeah, they caught up with, with Jason uh, and his family. Uh, everything went really well. Um, and, yeah, there's not so many more impressive kids around than Jason. Mm. And I guess you must be resolute in the fact you, you never know, but 
um, that he wouldn't eventually want to go home, particularly with the offers that you have refuted for him. So, I mean, how difficult is that to assess, you know, a player's character and the likelihood that they can move states and, and stick around for 10 to 12 years? Yeah, as you said, it's, it's hard to assess. We'll back ourselves in that anyone we bring from any state to our club that um, they'll come in, they'll, they'll be developed, they'll be cared for, and hopefully they'll be excited by the talent um, we're putting around them, and hopefully success comes in the, in the near future that um, you know, once you get a player in your club, as you know, Kane, um, and you, you love the players you play with and, and you love your club, um, there's no reason for you to leave. So that's the plan with us, with, ev- with everyone that we bring in from interstate. Um, obviously, we did it with Tommy Power last year, and um, Tommy extended um, mm. as we fourth year um, pretty soon after this year. So, yeah, we'll back ourselves in that anyone we bring from interstate, um, they're going to buy into our culture and, and love the place and, and hopefully get some success in the future. Uh, I love the acquisition of Callum Coleman-Jones. How far out did you identify him as a player of interest? Yeah, mate, yeah, we, we tracked him all year. We've, we've identified that, that position a fair while out. But, um, you know, someone who can, can ruck past, past Goldie with, with Tristan um, and someone who can go forward and, and take a clunk, which he showed pretty well this year as well, uh, especially against the Crows that day. But... Um, up in Sydney, so um, he'll been tracking all year. Um, obviously, known him for a long time. Um, been coming through at Sturt and, and playing for SA and captain of his state. So we've known Callum uh, for a long time, and um, yeah, he's a player that we we identified a fair way out, and he's just in the right age bracket for us as well. Mm-hmm. Where he comes in four years of development into him, and and hopefully he can play a lot of footy. Um, with the likes of LDU and, and Taran and, and Tom Powell and, and Will Phillips and Guy Simpson uh, around in that midfield. We think we can, um, can have a pretty good midfield in the future. Yeah, well, you just rattle those names off. That's 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 elite, really. Uh, and you, your priorities have been midfield. Even Will Phillips and you know, I sort of questioned last year with Logan McDonald, Ben Brown going out. Were you interested in, in bolstering your key forward stocks? Now you've got Callum Coleman-Jones and the midfield Horn Francis comes in. Is there any areas of your list that are a little bit weaker and, and you would like to address in the next couple of days and in the lead up to the draft? Uh, probably not in the next couple of days, Kane. I, I think from a player acquisition point of view, we've, we've got Callum in. Um, we did we did stick around a couple of small forwards um, uh, in the lead up to the trade period. Um but uh, we, we're in a position, too, where we, we need to keep bringing in the young talent through the draft. Um, we don't want to compromise uh, that. We've, obviously, we pick one or, or pick 20. Um, so we want to bring in a couple of quality youngsters there um, and keep our future one as well. So uh, if there was anything around that was more for a later pick for a small forward sort of type, we would, we would have a look at it. Um, but, yeah, I think we'd be pretty careful with, with what we've done so far and, and take our picks to the draft. Brady Rawlings is the general manager of football performance at North Melbourne. He joins us on Waitley this morning. Uh, any interest in Bobby Hill? Uh, Bobby, Bobby's a, a very quality young uh, small forward, no doubt about that. But um, probably with, with where we're at um, in terms of bringing in 
um, some youth through the draft. That's probably going to be our priority. So um, whoever does get Bobby, whether he stays or whether he, he gets somewhere else, is going to be a really good player. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll probably use our draft picks, I'd say, Kane. Mm. And um, Trent Dumont is a player who hasn't been offered a contract yet. Is there Has there been a decision made with Trent and has there been any interest in him? Uh, no, we've got a few players that are, that are wait and see at, at this point, which is which is unfortunate for for that group of players, and it's it's happening at, at most clubs at the moment where you end up having a group of players that you can't quite commit to yet, and and Trent's in that boat. Um, we'll see what what happens in the next couple of days. Um, work out our spots going into the draft, and um, yeah, make some decisions on those players. Uh, in the not too distant future, but yeah, at the moment still a wait and see uh, mm. for Trent and for a couple of others. Uh, and Tristan Cherry is uh, contracted, but has requested a trade. Is that accurate to St Kilda? How are those negotiations looking? Yeah, first of all, it, it is accurate. We um, we signed Tristan for a couple of years, and so he's got one more year to go. Um, obviously, given he's in contract. He's very much required player for us. We we played him for half the year this year, and he was the dominant player in the VFL when he wasn't uh, wasn't playing AFL. I think he was twenty votes ahead in our VFL best mm. and fairest before he started playing AFL. So he's um, he's come along really well, Tristan. He's he's a competitive ruckman who follows up at ground level and and stands down the line and and takes a grab. So. Yeah, we, we've got no real interest in moving Tristan at all, but he has requested a trade. Um, but I'd have to take something very attractive for us um, to even consider a move. Yeah, what's your what's your philosophy on that? I see. I like that. I think GWS should do similar with Bobby Hill. I think it's a bit unfair to say you want to go to Victoria but only nominate one club, and that is Essendon. It's not dissimilar to Tristan, really. Eh? Are you open to just saying, look, I understand you want to go to a new home, but you're contracted, we're going to keep you, and we'll discuss it in 12 months' time? Yeah, I've had a good chat with Tristan around this. Um, well, obviously, when a player requests a trade, it, you know, that there's, he's got an offer somewhere else and he'd, he'd prefer to go there. So um, when that occurs, you, you do need to consider it. But at the end of the day, when they're, when they're contracted and we value them, very highly. Um, we're not going to be letting him go for nothing. So, um, yeah, if it's valuable for us, then we'll, we'll help him get to where he wants to get to. But if it's not, um, you know, he'll start pre-season with us on 22nd of November and, yeah, we'll, we'll go carry on business as usual. Watch this space. Uh, a couple before we let you go. Are you comfortable with your ruck stocks? Goldie must be must be 34 by now. What a player he has been. But you picked uh, Jacob Edwards in the mid-season draft. You've extended his contract, I think, and you've got Callum Coleman-Jones. So are you comfortable if you just went in with those three next year? Yeah, we'll go in with three, three ruckmen that can play um, on any weekend where you're comfortable selecting them. Obviously, Jacob's... Uh, he's just, completed school this year and he's very light. We're very excited by what he'll bring in the future. Um, but uh, probably can't count on him playing AFL uh, just yet in the ruck. So we'll, we'll take in three rucks that, that um, you could select on, on any given round. Uh, we've also got Charlie Combin coming through who played purely as a forward at this stage but he, he certainly can ruck and, and second ruck um, a little bit. 
at VFL level. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's another one that can go through there. Um, so we, yeah, we think we're we're pretty comfortable with that. Um, it obviously depends on on whether Tristan stays or goes. Um, you know, if he's if he was to go, we'd probably have to look at uh, another ruckman. But um, at this stage, we're counting him in. Mm. Brady, we've got to bring back the tagger. You're, you're one of the best, most disciplined taggers the game's ever seen. They're almost extinct. Does, does that keep you awake at night or, or not? Mate, I'm not even the best tagger on this phone call. So, um, <laughs> we've got to bring uh, yeah, that. It, it, it is an interesting one. Um, you know, there, there's certainly times in games when, when you do um, put someone on the opponent just to cool them down. It's, it's probably not like it was back in the day where it, um, you know, probably half the clubs have a tagger every week, regardless mm. of who they were playing against. So, it's yeah, it's not that stage now. I think with with the way we rotate and um, have the flexibility of getting several players through the centre square, and um, it's probably meant the taggers not as consistent. But given there's so many guns in the competition, you do you do need to um, be able to count for them if they get off the chain. So. I think each club's probably got one that they can they can use uh, during the game, but probably not just starting with one. Hurts my heart. Good on you, mate. Good luck in the next couple of days in the lead up to the draft. No worries. Thanks, Kane.